Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lady Moon Cast, the official podcast of Lady Moon Co. Who'd have thought? There's a connection there. I'm your host, Laura Wong. As usual, welcome to episode two. Today, we are going to be talking to my assistant and friend, Feather Dale. Because why not? Let's do it. We are live on Instagram recording this for those of you listening in. Oh, there she is. Hello. Hello. I'm adjusting levels. Technical shit's happening. Okay. All right. I think we're good. How you doing? I am doing pretty well, all things considered. All things considered, yes. So Feather is currently uh, about eight months pregnant with her first child, our child, yeah. together that we made. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lady Moonco, baby. It's, it's Baby Moonco. <laughs> baby Moonco. Um, and she is stuck at home because of the... Uh, pandemic and also because well yeah that's def that's why right that's the only reason yeah. why okay yeah i would still be living my life <laughs> yeah that's good so um how's that been going <laughs> honestly it could be worse it could be worse i'm i'm very grateful for the home that i have and the property that i have um it's I'm not in an apartment, which I give major credit to anybody that's going through this in an apartment right now. I have a friend who's pregnant as well. Uh, she's about a week and a half behind me and she lives in an apartment and I just don't know how she does it. Um, oh, geez. Cause I just feel like that would be like some serious cabin fever. Thankfully here I can like open windows, doors. I can go outside. I have about a hundred cats to take care of. So yeah, just tell everyone activities. how many cats you do have. Okay, so uh, in the house, we have two cats that stay strictly indoors. That's Zeppelin and Knox, also known as... Hi, puppy. <laughs> and if you guys ever listen to my old podcast, you will know that my dogs just fucking go off barking every once in a while. And there's really nothing we can do about it. And it's just fine. Go ahead. It's so fine. Um, Zeppelin and Knox, also known as uh, Big Fat Kitty and Baby Kitty. And then uh, outside, we have nine cats that live on our property. Um, they don't come in and the two inside don't go out. And, uh, and then we have a back house that I call my library. And in there we have two more cats. I consider them foster cats because I still want to get them home. Um, homed. And uh, they're, they're super sweet. So if anyone is looking for cats to adopt, we have two that I would like to adopt as a pair um wait which ones the ones in the yeah, library so, yes so oh, that okay. is caster and tigger well this and is they're now very sweet. an adoption show <laughs> just kidding guys just saying right in if you want these fucking cats all right are they all black cats um so there's 13 cats total and nine of them are black cool and that was not by any design of my own that was cats adopting me my two in the in the main house are both rescues as well i love black cats are my favorite and apparently the universe knows that and just keeps sending them my way that's which i'm fine with lovely everyone send her your cats if you have cats <laughs> that you need to just join a cat gang yeah they'll they'll and they're all fixed they're all fixed and all fixed. they won't make any more cat babies 
No more cat babies. What was fascinating to me when you told me this was that they'll like initiate new members into the cat gang. They do. They really do. And there's been a few that haven't made the cut. <laughs> How do you know? Like, what do they do? I've I've only owned a, one cat for everyone listening, so I'm not. Um, you know, she didn't have any friends to interact with. <laughs> um, it's just kind of whether their personality fits in. I mean, like I said, ours are all fixed. Anybody that comes new onto the property, cat-wise, we get them fixed. Um, and some of the cats just they just didn't get along with the other ones. Um, and so they just kind of like, we'll see them pass by, uh, but they don't stay here. The other ones stay here. They're here all day long. They hang out with me. If you've ever gone on my Instagram stories, you've seen my backyard menagerie. Um, I have a photo from yesterday. Five of them are laying on top of my husband's truck at one time. I mean, they're, they all cuddle and they're all really, really sweet cats. Amazing. I am that crazy cat lady and I'm fine with it. (laughs) That's very, I like that about you. So how did we meet feather let's let me tell everybody how you became my assistant so i think the universe handed you to me as a little prezi as if to say here you go here's someone really like exactly like you but not like you at the same time and so feather is basically the more type a organized intelligent version of me and that's perfect. I, really that. I, I mean, you're, you're intelligent. Uh, I'm pretty smart, but you're like on it. So <laughs> that works for me because when it comes to things like orders and consistency, that's very helpful to have someone like you. So we figured out we have almost the exact same birthday, which mm-hmm. is bizarre. So Feather was a customer of mine before she worked with me and we met i think you were the first person to apply which was me on instagram being like i need help please help me and then we met up like i didn't know anything about you and then and then we met up and we were like holy fuck shit so when is your birthday feather i'm june 5th 86 and i'm june 8th 86 three days apart (laughs) that's weird And I love other Geminis, so that was like, yes. Yeah. What other weird shit? We get each other. What other weird shit do we have in common? We both don't like Uh, milk in our cereal. That's weird. I love dry cereal. Dry cereal forever. I buy it specifically. Like, I will buy certain brands specifically because they're better dry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's It's weird. We have a lot of similarities. I was very quick to jump on that, uh, that application, if you will, when you posted about it, I was like, me, me. <laughs> I think you knew. Me. You're like, it's yeah. me. I it think was... you're very overqualified for the shit I ask you to <laughs> yeah. do, but I'm grateful but I enjoy for you. It. I enjoy it. I mean, we, you, you and I have talked about this. I miss working. I had fully intended to work up until, you know, my water broke. <laughs> and then the universe was like, mm we're going to throw a little pandemic in the mix. And I was like, all right, well, I guess not, but I would be happily now if I, if I could be. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, did I furlough you? <laughs> I guess technically. Yeah. I think I furloughed I you. The, 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 the technical term, legal term, if you will, the legal technical term. It's mm-hmm. very, it's, it's interesting to me because 
I've been with you most of your pregnancy, like all of it, except for now. And it was really like emotional for me to realize that I wasn't going to be around you anymore. And like, see, we call the baby Peach. That is not the baby's name. She is not a Mario fan, Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) It's just a name she calls Pete. This is what her baby's called. So you do not know the sex of the baby. No, but I, most of the time I refer to it as a she or her, um, just because intuitively that's what I feel it is. Mm. Um, I personally just didn't like calling it an it. It just didn't feel right. Um, and my husband didn't either. Um, so we, we call it peach. We try to stick with peach instead of like using a, a gender term as much as possible. But, um, yeah, if I say she, it's not because I actually know it's a girl. It's just cause that's what intuitively comes out of me, but it's definitely a girl. So that's what I think. <laughs> I would be confident in that. I, yeah, shocked. if it comes out a boy, I will be floored. I've had <laughs> countless dreams about it. It's always a girl. I've seen her in my dreams. Um, it feels very real. They, I have very specific types of dreams. Um, and it's it's always been a girl since day one. So I feel confident that it is. But we will see pretty, pretty soon. soon. So when are you due? <laughs> Let's tell everyone your full life story. All right. I was born in Michigan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're like, we're not watching this shit anymore. And clicking out. Um, I am due May 24th. So a little Gemini baby, which Laura and I love our Geminis. Can't, can't help that. No. Um, and so about roughly four and a half weeks left. Could be five. Just depends on when Peach decides to make the grand entrance the grand entrance um that's very exciting yeah that's very soon yeah i'm like very soon legit weird i don't know i feel like it it's it's tapped into some sort of like part of my brain that like cares about things and like (laughs) like i want to be there not for like the birth but i want to like be there for you in like a weird village mentality type of way where i'm like but i can't like give you food or whatever i don't know what the fuck i can't employ you i can't like give you give you things to give the baby like a creepy like fairy godmother situation (laughs) that can't happen Uh, you've done you've done a lot already though so yeah and i appreciate all the gifts it makes me think about so like what have you found that your intuition has changed since you've been pregnant or like how does you talked a little about your dreams like how how has that affected that part of your psyche there's a word. um i've always been a lucid dreamer um and i've throughout my life it's something i there's something i really don't talk about very often with pretty much anybody um but i've had prophetic dreams since i was little um and they're very specific i know when it's a prophetic dream as opposed to a regular dream or a lucid dream in my lucid dreams i can control the dream i know what's happening i can um, run faster if I want to, or I can just jump off a building and go flying and I can control it and I can change the scenario if I don't like it. Um, then I have like what I would consider quote regular dreams, which is just the dream that's happening and you're just a part of it and you don't really know, um, that you're dreaming and things are weird. And then I have my like, excuse me, prophetic dreams, which, um, for anyone who doesn't know that is, it's like a quote prophecy type dream. Um, and I've had those since I was little. So some people call them premonitions. Uh, you know, there's multiple different names and I've had so many that are 
they're very accurate. They're very detailed. And when I first started telling people about them, um, they didn't take me serious. And then that exact event would come to fruition. And they were like, um, excuse me, what is that all about? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, but then I started understanding it more and kind of diving deeper into it. My, since I've been pregnant, um, they've all revolved around the baby naturally. Um, and they're, they're very specific. Um, even some of them have had the names that we've picked out in them where I'm like naming the baby. I've seen the baby in my dreams. Wow. Um, and they say that you can't dream something like dream a face that you've never seen before. Um, but I personally beg to differ because I've seen my Is it cute? Child. Is it cute though? Very cute. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, Good. Super cute. You're which, like, no, what if it was ugly? Setting, <laughs> I hope it's not setting me up for failure. What if it was ugly because, in your dream? <laughs> that would um, suck. You know, I would just have to roll with the punches. <laughs> They say a mother's love, you know, a mother's love knows no bounds. Speaking of mother, it's earth day. It is happy earth day. Happy earth day. I thought it would be appropriate to have you on because you are literally growing life inside you, which is baller. (laughs) Thanks. And (laughs) it's earth day and you know, our earth is hurting right now. Or maybe it's yeah. not. It is, but it's not. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. There's stuff going on. And yeah, there's some parallels there. So I guess before we get into like the mother archetype and all this shit, I guess we should uh, maybe tell people how you got into witchcraft and, and if you identify as that and yeah. why. Um, so... I actually knew I was a witch when I was three years old. True story. I wanted to be a witch for Halloween. I was 100% convinced that I really was one. And of course, everyone thought it was so cute. Oh, she's so cute. She thinks she's a witch. And I was like, but I am. And as a three-year-old, they're just like, yeah, they're like, oh, okay, cute. And I was like, no, no, okay, really? But all right. Um, But it actually took me a really, really long time to be confident in saying that as just a statement of fact, um, for most of my life, people would jokingly call me the witch, like, Oh, feathers a witch. (laughs) Um, because of, again, because of my dreams, um, because of my practices, my lifestyle, my mentality, um, just different things that most people would call coincidences, um, or whatever, which I believe are more divine than that. Um, so it took me a really long time to actually have the confidence to say straight out, like, no, I actually am a witch other than like, haha, yep, I'm a witch guys. And, and joke about it. Um, because people are really comfortable with joking about things, but then when you, when you put validity on it, then all of a sudden there's a little bit kind of a, like, Oh, she's serious. You know? Um, I've been really lucky that I have a very small group of friends, um, to begin with. And, most of them took the transition from me joking about it um, to like saying it with confidence pretty well. I was actually kind of surprised. Um, I had a few friends that actually started saying it with confidence before I even did, where they'd be like, no, no, you don't understand. She's a witch. And I would just kind of like, yeah, 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it did take me, I would say I wasn't, I was late, late twenties before I could really say it with confidence and, and strengthen my voice. Um, and there was a few different things that helped lead me along that path. One of them was a fantastic book that I read called Witch by um, a really great author, Lisa Lister. Uh, she has a few books that I absolutely adore. Um, and that one really just, a lot of it is talking about just claiming your strength, owning it. Um, but most of my mentality and my life practices have always been witchy in some form, just, uh, how I view sustainability, how I view the planet, how I honor and worship nature. I, I went to church when I was little and Mm. I actually asked my mom one day, I was probably, I think I was about four years old. And I asked my mom one day and I said, mom, if God created earth, what created him? And she was like, nothing. He just is. And I was like, "Mm." I don't know about that. <laughs> and so I started questioning things really young and, and she was like, let's just call it faith. And I was like, I get that. Um, but I have questions. <laughs> right. And so it, it was a long journey for me to finding what worked for me. And you and I both identify as eclectic witches. Um, we take aspects of all different and belief systems and we find what it feels most natural, I would say, and organic for us. Um, and that's kind of how we do our practice. And that's how I've been my whole life is I would see a religion or see a practice. And I would say that feels right. That sounds right to me. That feels natural. And I would incorporate that in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't grow up going to church at all. Uh, the few interactions I had with going to church were like with a friend or with mm-hmm. a, a boyfriend that I had early on in my like dating life that was Christian. And all of them were just very weird because I didn't grow up with any of my parents. I guess I would categorize them as like agnostic where mm-hmm. it was like, there's something, do what you want. Like yeah. very Be loose, very <laughs> loose and very like, we don't really talk about it. We're just like, let's just hang out. Like, it's just like, it's all good. Right. Just be a good person, you know? Uh, so I was, I, I fortunate, I think to just be able to ex mentally explore that without any boundaries. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Similar. Yeah. You know, I was, yeah, I was like little and new and yeah. took me a while too. The good thing was my mom didn't really, we actually stopped going to church just, I would say a couple of years after that, not, not too long. Um, I think I, I mean, I know I actually had a very strong impact on my mom and her beliefs, um, because I started questioning things. And I think that allowed her, it gave her the permission to question things that didn't feel right. She had grown up in a, a pretty religious household. Most of my family lives in Michigan and most of my cousins went to Bible school or, you know, Bible college. And, um, our family's like history is like Southern Baptist. So like very religious. Um, and I think me questioning things kind of gave my mom that permission to say, I don't know if I believe this either or believe this way. Um, and I know that opened up a lot of doors for her mentally. Mm-hmm. 
as far as to how she believes in I mean, I don't talk to her anymore, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we are assuming. That's a separate podcast. <laughs> uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. There's, it's crazy. Oh, you said earlier about like, uh, the Lisa Lester's book being about owning just the concept of like owning your power versus all this other shit that it's just, it's, it's so sad to me that most witches spend half of their lives just in the broom closet and Mm -hmm. never even get to the step one of being like oh I feel okay about being this way and then you know being ostracized for it once they're out or like whatever it's it's like you know it happens with other things in life too and it's just like when your identity is like questioned like that by people around you it's it makes me really sad that so then there's this whole like that is a really good book because it's not just like hey here's some spells like let's do a let's do a love spell you're a witch like i don't like books like that because they don't for beginners like they don't teach the the basics of like how to connect with yourself and then how to connect that to the world around you or to how to get path or power from that so right. that's that's really it's like we spend all this time like you know questioning or self-doubting and then and then we're like 30 and then we're like oh it's fine you yeah. know or maybe we're not maybe we're 50 and we're still like i'm not sure but i get a lot of emails from a range of ages but uh yeah it's really interesting that it that's a whole nother thing but um, well, your environment, I think, really makes a difference because some people I just don't think are ever going to be confident um, saying it or owning it verbally out loud, whether they practice it internally um, or have like, you know, a pocket altar that they have that no yeah. one ever really sees. Yeah. Um, I think like a lot of it is environmental because there is so much judgment out there. There is so much um, misunderstanding more than anything. A lot of confusion, a lot of um, incorrect information. So I feel like a lot of people, it's just, it may never be comfortable for them to say it out loud. And that's, that's okay too. I mean, it doesn't make you any less of who you are. No, it doesn't, you know, and that's what people need to understand too, is like that just because you're in a broom closet doesn't mean you're less of a witch and it doesn't mean that you're less powerful. It just means even if you own it, but you're like, no, I can't say that, you know, that doesn't make the me, that doesn't make me on Instagram being open about it, a better witch than, than you are or whatever. I I don't think anyway, but I come from the school of to each their own and, you know, so when you were learning like about witchcraft, did you, was Wicca like the first thing that you came across? Um, so my sister actually, she had books on Wicca, um, when I was young, very, I mean, nineties babies, you know, that was the thing, but I, I read some of them and for me, it felt too structured. It felt too, um, full of rules, kind of like churches. Um, and I don't have any problem with Wicca whatsoever. If that's what you practice, knock yourself out. I'm happy for you. Um, but it just, I never really identified with the books. It didn't feel right to me because it was too specific of if this, you know, this holiday or this ritual or whatever, you know, coincides with this specific God and like, that's who you worship for this or whatever it was. Um, and that just didn't jive with me a hundred percent. And 
that was kind of something that allowed me to say, I am eclectic. I'm just going to do what feels right to me. And I'm sure I have plenty of practices that are a part of Wicca. Yeah. Um, but I, I, because my sister had them and I kind of, you know, read through some of them and I was like, Hmm, not really me. It wasn't specific to what I felt. Um, but I did, I would say that was kind of my early experience too. It was those books, but I, I realized pretty quickly that it wasn't for me in that structure of a sense. Yeah. It didn't stick for me either, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just a one way to go about it. Like that's an interesting religion. It is an organized religion. Um, mm-hmm. found it's a man-made religion, literally. Um, right. and I took a lot of things from it that I, I still use to like maiden mother crone, like the triple goddess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still like I'm into that. And yeah. it's funny because like, I don't think twice about it, but then someone, someone was on Instagram and they called me out about like, what about Enchantress? I can't believe she's not using Enchantress. That's my favorite phase. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. I, I was just like, you're being free fucking judgy about this, but yeah. yeah, then people like have their own ideas of what those phases are and what, I don't know. It, it was, it was annoying to me <laughs> that just, people were calling I, me out like as if I don't like understand that there's other things out there it's like no I'm just right. personally I like th- three I like thirds I like you know the I don't now the rule of three speaking of threes is not something that I adhere to anymore and I used to uh when I was younger like I was like yeah. oh it's all gonna come back to me yes but uh, I don't think that's true anymore. View any religion. If some people need structure, like some people, you know, they stay clean and sober because they found Jesus or, you know, refound God or whatever. Um, and that, that structure is what helps them. And I think for some people, Wicca is kind of that same thing. It's that structure is what helps them know what to do. Otherwise, they would just be floundering. And I think that's great. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm I'm a Gemini. So for me, I like change. I like fluidity. Um, and that it was too structured for me. And that's, like I said it before, I'm totally fine with it because I know that for some people, they absolutely need someone telling them, like, when to do something what to use and how to use it. Yeah. Um, but for me, I just, I'm a pretty strong and independent person and I just, yeah. I just didn't need that. So somebody said something interesting. They said, um, the triple goddess is present in a lot of practices when it comes to spirituality. Yeah. Like, uh, what's the Jesus one? Father, son, uh, Holy ghost. There's Holy three. Ghost, yeah. Uh, one, yeah. Yeah. In yoga, there's a lot of threes. It's a spiritual, like it's a, it's a thing. I don't really know what to yeah. do. It's a rhythm, a spiritual rhythm, if you will. Kind of like the three stages of life. You're a child, you're an adult, you're There's an old There's three person. stooges, you guys. There's three <laughs> Sanderson sisters. Mm-hmm. There's three witches in Witches of Eastwick. There's just, there's yeah. three, I guess. But anyway, yeah, you do what you want. You can be the, the Joker, the pumpkin head, and the fucking clown. I don't give a shit what you believe in. <laughs> yeah. I don't really care. Just do it with conviction, you know? Exactly. But the mother archetype is interesting. 
<laughs> because a lot of people think the phases are literal and they're mm-hmm. not. A lot of people think that the phases are uh, sequential and they're not to me. I don't believe that they are. I believe that you can be crone one day and you can be maiden the next day and you can be all kinds of other shit. Like it can go back and forth. Like I was in a very big crone phase during the winter time, which makes sense because that's the phase that it's uh, associated with. Right. But I think it had to do more than with what I was going through personally. But now I'm like very maiden and I'm very like, it's springtime and it is springtime. But sometimes it doesn't go like that. Like someone might be like, no, I'm feeling like some crone energy right now. Like I'm feeling so I guess or I'm feeling mother energy, but you don't have to be a literal mother of a human being to one, be a mother and two feel mother energy. So do you feel mother energy right now? Because you are a mother now. (laughs) That makes Um, sense. I would say, I would say yes. It's funny because, um, I've kind of always been a leader. Um, I've always been the person, the go-to person when something goes wrong, when there's a situation that people need help with. Yeah. That's Um, seriously you. I delegate so much shit to you. Sorry, go it's, on. And it's been that, no, it's been that way my whole life. Um, it's amazing. I, I with it. It's you amazing. come and you're like, I need you to do this. And I'm like, okay. I need you to save me now. Um, okay. <laughs> sure. Save it. Um, I've always been a leader. And I think that that is somewhat of a mothering role um, of like kind of guiding the ducklings. Hmm. Uh, and I've, I've been that way my whole life. I mean, I was my dance team captain. I was a cheer team captain. Um, so I've always kind of taken that leadership role. And I feel like that really coincides with that mother role as well. Um, so I've kind of been like maiden mother energy on and off my whole life. Sometimes I'm just like, please don't come to me with things. Like I just need a break. I just want to be young and, and, you know, have that, that maiden energy. But, um, I, I, people have told me my whole life, you'd be a great mom. You'd be a great mom. You're so good. You're so great with kids. Uh, my nickname, actually, since I was a kid, which is very strange, was Baby Magnet. Children have always fuck? flocked to me. Yeah, no, it's true. My whole life, my family called me Baby Magnet because children would always, like, flock to me. And just, they just, I don't know, whatever it was, my energy, they just knew that I was someone that they could trust, that someone that they could You're not going to drop them. No, <laughs> I am very dexterous. We're like, she's dexter. not going to drop us. <laughs> and she'll give us a cookie. Um, <laughs> But I've, I've been around kids since I was a kid in the sense of, um, like an authoritative figure. I, like I said, I was a dance team captain. So I was the older kid and there was younger kids that I was in in charge of. And I taught dance and, um, I've been a photographer on and off since I was 18. And I've for like three years, I primarily shot maternity and baby photos. So I've seen count like thousands of children um, all different stages. And I was always really, really good with them. It's just, I didn't know if I wanted to be an actual mom. I was, I was a mother in the sense of knowing how to care for children, knowing, reading them very well, understanding them. But I just didn't know if I wanted my own. That was something that took me a really long time to come to, um, for many reasons. I wanted to make sure it was right for me in whatever stage, you know, all that. So, I definitely would say I feel the mother energy. Um, 
because it's kind of always been there. Mm. And I've always had animals and pets. And, um, I mean, my, even my husband asked me today, he's like, are you ready for labor? And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't really have any anxieties about, um, labor or being a parent. I know that so many pregnant women have horrible fears and anxieties of, will I be a good mom or will I do this right? And I'm very settled with it. I feel very calm about the whole thing. I feel like this is just a different stage of the mothering energy that I've always had. I feel pretty good about it. I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm not the kind of woman that was like, I was born to be a mom. That's great. Like I know so many women that are like that. And I'm just, I'm kind of, I was born with this energy and now I'm deciding to be a mom. Mm. Is kind of how I look at it. And you're having a home birth, which I am. is kind of convenient for what's going on right now. We are in the COVID-19 phase. Whoever's listening to this, hopefully it's over and you're just listening to this in the future when we don't have to be quarantined. But um, water, is water going to be involved? Yes, I'm having a home water birth right here in the dining room that I'm currently recording. In. Will you live stream? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Will you live stream it on our channel? I am just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, but I do have, <laughs> I a, I have a midwife. Oh my gosh. Oh my People God. would be like, what is happening? <laughs> we would break Instagram. Um, <laughs> I'm, I feel like somehow that would violate some kind of Instagram. Yeah, we'd, I'd get taken down probably. It's fine. Yeah. I'd have no job. We it's won't fine. do that. No, we won't do that. Oh my God. <laughs> but I, I have a, I have a fantastic midwife. Her name is Abby. Um, and when I met her, I instantly knew she was the one. Um, it's funny. Cause again, like I mentioned earlier, I, I never really, really sure if I wanted to be a mom and I always had this weird struggle. I could never, ever picture myself being the woman that was nine months pregnant and, and getting in the car and driving to the hospital and you watch it in movies and you know, they're like trying to get the woman into the room and she's screaming in pain. And it never, I could never place myself in that position mentally, like as a visual. And then one day I was like, well, why wouldn't I have a home birth? And instantly I could see myself giving birth. I mean, it was like, just this click of, Oh, I could totally do this. And I, the, the fear and anxiety of going to the hospital and having a baby was exponential. The second that I realized, Oh, I would just have a home birth. Every anxiety, every stress, every fear of that completely melted away. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can do this and I'll do it at home. And that felt super organic to me. It's how humans have been birthing babies. 150,000 years roughly. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's funny cause I, I've had friends that keep saying to me, Oh, you know, you're, you've been preparing for this pandemic the whole time you were pregnant. And I'm like, unknowingly. Yeah. Because my midwife has been getting tons of calls. Um, people wanting to switch from a hospital birth to a home birth. Yeah, I bet. Oh shit. And she, I mean, she's booked. She can't take any more clients on oh. right now. So they're all kind of transferring each other around. Um, wow. That's but, really interesting. Yeah. It's People crazy. are just, they don't want to, 
they don't want to go to the hospital right now. They, and there's a lot of regulations with it as well, mm-hmm. um, which we won't dive into, but there's very strong restrictions on who can be there and all that. Um, so being here, it's my own home. It's my own belongings. I can, you know, I have a, a plan of the things I'm going to have around me um, and just the environment that I want. And I feel super, super lucky that that was the plan all along so that I don't have to stress about getting to the hospital and making sure that we keep away from, you know, everyone and everything. Yeah. Wow. That's really, that's exciting. I'm excited for you. What a crazy ass thing. Like you're going to have a baby. Yeah. And I'm going to have it. Then it's going to work for me. (laughs) Yeah. Three feet from where (laughs) you're sitting. Wow. (laughs) And then I'm going to employ it. Oh my God. So, I mean, Peach, how are you going to, are you, are you going to like raise your child with pagan values or like instill those into your kid? Are you going to let her, him just like do whatever the fuck they want? That's a great question. I personally think that most pagan values are human values or should be at least it's very true. Um, honoring, honoring and worshiping and respecting nature is at the heart and core of every pagan religion. It doesn't matter where you come from on the planet. That's really the base of it is starts with nature and the planet um, and then builds from there. So my plan, if you will, is to raise my child respecting, honoring and worshiping nature first and foremost. Um, I do believe that Jesus Christ was a real person. I think he was a great person. Um, My child can know about him. Um, And I would never tell my child that they couldn't believe something or that they had to believe something. Um, I will instill as many values as I can that have to do with sustainability. um, Because I personally, that's something really, really strong in my my heart and my beliefs um if feather brings me something it's in a reusable fucking bag <laughs> this is very true that is everything i that is always i still have one of your bags and i'm like oh, touche feather because now's a good time to be sustainable <laughs> i told you my friend was like you've been prepping for doomsday all along and didn't even realize that even it's very true even even diapering my plan all along was to do cloth diapering and there's been a diaper shortage and people have been panicking because they couldn't get diapers. And I'm like, you can literally buy five reasonable diapers. And granted, it's not like the best option to have so few of them, but it'll get you through if you don't have diapers. If you can't get to the store or if you get to the store and there aren't any there, order you know a pack of reasonables online. Most of them are the grow with me so they can go from infant to, you know, oh, wow. like, um, and you just wash them. And like, yeah, it's a little extra work, but is it to me, I, I view it as like a little extra work is better than me being like, well, crap, my kid doesn't have a diaper. Now what? They're just going to shit on themselves and walk around the house. Yeah. You don't want that. (laughs) I think I did that once to my, when I was a kid, (laughs) I'm pretty sure most babies, I definitely shit on the floor. How to get the diaper off. I definitely did. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny now that Um, people are turning to all these like sustainable things that you know, people have been talking about for years. And finally, like you said, they're like, oh my God, they're out of diapers. Oh, we need cloth diapers. And then, you know, 
the people that would normally yeah. need just get cloth diapers are like, oh, those are almost sold out too. Shit. Like it's, I hope this teaches everybody like some lessons about that yeah. kind of stuff. Even um, like wipes, you, there's a really easy recipe to make um, like a homemade spray to use for um, cloth wipes for babies. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So, and I bought like reusable cloth um, wipes and there's, there's so many practices that I personally think are like slightly witchy, but just slightly practical um, and really applicable to any person, regardless of your, your belief system. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this pandemic has really brought that out and people have kind of seen that. Somebody said same thing with teepee, just get a bidet and family cloth game changer. Yeah. I keep I told my husband, Instagram for bidets. <laughs> I told my husband, Mike, I said, Mike, I'll wipe my ass with a towel. I don't care. You can have your towel. I can and have my it. towel. We'll just wipe our butts with the towel. I Fuck mean, here's it. the thing. Most most of those practices are what existed for. Yeah, it's like, what do you millennia. think people did? A bidet is a yeah, great investment right ever. now. Have you There's tried a really bidet? Ones. I have at like, a, I think it was a Vegas casino okay. or like a hotel. What did you <laughs> think? Like, oh. <laughs> um, it's weird at first, but like anything, I'm sure you get used to it. I have a friend that actually lives around the corner from me who has one and she was like, it's the best thing ever. Wow. Um, so, and there's like portable ones that you can just like hook onto your toilet. Now I've gotten probably, I'm not even getting probably 10 different ads for the days on Instagram, like this week. I'm well, like, I'm going to get a fuck ton of them after saying bidet so many times. <laughs> right. God damn it. I know. I try to, I have a video of myself trying a bidet for the first time. <laughs> And I posted it a long time. This was years ago. This was 2015 funny. in Japan because all their toilets are stacked. Yeah. I've also shat in a hole at the airport. One of the airports in Osaka, I think it was. They had the whole squatter holes. Yep. I highly recommend. Yep. That was the best poo of my life. It's the be- it's the most natural position for your body. That's why I have a squatty potty because it, it uh-huh. puts your body into the correct position and it, it actually makes a difference that people don't realize that. But that's a whole other thing. That's what we're just talking about today. We're talking about pooing and squatting and holes. That's how to efficiently poop with Laura Wong and Feather Dale. Um, so, okay. Like, would you... so? just kind of teach your baby some pagan basics and then see where it goes from there type of thing. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm, I hope that my child will like the practices that I have and identify with them, um, the same way I do. But even my husband and I have slightly different views on things and beliefs on things. So, um, I'm going to, I will expose my child to all my practices and my beliefs. Um, but ultimately it's up to them what they do with it and where they go with it. Um, there's certain things like meditation that I think are good for anybody and everybody. Um, so I would definitely teach my child that how they approach meditation would then be their choice. I use crystals and incense and candles and, um, you know, tarot cards and Oracle cards and all that in my meditation. But if they don't want to do that and they just want to do a standard meditation, that's fine. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty open and relaxed person. Um, I would be lying if I said that it, I 
would be slightly concerned if they identified with a, uh, an organized religion that I'm not overly fond of. Right. But if they were like, hey, mom, I'm a born again Christian, like, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It would be it would probably be a little tough for me, but I would absolutely accept it because if that is what they need or what. Yeah. Speaks as to long them, as they're not hateful and judgy of other people, then there's nothing wrong right. with any of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My my hope is that they my child will be raised in a very balanced mentality. Um accepting of of all the religions and and kind of pulling what speaks to them and what they identify with right i mean sure i want her to be like a fantastic little witch and that's like Mom, i'm all but, but really though we're gonna <laughs> of course that's what yeah. i would love baby but... spells <laughs> <laughs> but i'm really practical yeah i love but that it's going to be, I think the craziest part is just going to be to see what my child chooses and how that evolves. And I'm sure I'll learn plenty yeah. from the baby. What do I my mean, parents think about me? They're probably like, oh, okay. Like they don't give a fuck, but they're probably <laughs> like, I don't know where that came from, but okay. Like, you know, well, my mom's kind of yeah. witchy. She just doesn't know it. She has like 10,000 gnomes. She hasn't met like twice as many gnomes as you have fucking cats in your backyard. (laughs) She's the gnome lady. And now I have some too. (laughs) I am my mother and my father now. Um, It's totally witchy. They just don't really identify that way. It's verbally. My mother, my sister, my aunts, my grandmother, they really, they all were. But I think, especially at the time, that was not something you could really, like, say out loud. Like, 60s and 70s, you couldn't be like, I'm a witch. (laughs) They're like, "Mm, excuse me? They're like, take (laughs) another hit, man. Not in the 60s, but yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's something that's really powerful once you say it, once you own it, and once you, like, really embrace it there's a strength that comes with it. And I think that that's, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm so grateful. Like I said, that I have the ability to be as open as I am. And there's still people that I don't talk about it with like my in-laws. I love them. It's just not something that I can say to, um, or around them. And it's not something I hide. I don't, I don't pretend. I mean, I have a freaking tattoo that says witch on my finger um spell it out but i but i don't like talk about it around them or bring it up and that's because i just know that it's not something that they're accepting of Mm -hmm. and that's fine like they accept me but they don't necessarily accept all the parts about me and that's fine like i'm i'm comfortable and confident with that and then i'm okay with that yeah that's life you have to you know maintain the relationships you need to maintain and keep the peace and yeah. You know? it's, to me, it's more about like, one of my favorite sayings is the path of least resistance. And with, a, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm happy to stand up for what I believe in, you know, with certain things, but in certain situations, you need to know when to pick and choose your battles and when to keep the peace. Yeah. And I mean, standing up for yourself is wildly important, but also, you know, maybe at like a family get together, <laughs> isn't the time to be like, ah here's what i believe i mean some people will do that and that is totally fine but yeah i tend to just 
keep to myself about it around the people that I know would make jokes about it around me or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's my business. Like for, for 30 years, 30, 29, 30 years, it was just for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like I'm, I'm very solitary. Like I don't meet the fact that I even have a business, which is something I'm going to talk about next on next week's episode. Cause I'm just going to do it alone is like balancing like my spirituality with my business and just like, how fucking weird that is sometimes because my yeah. spirituality is what I make for people. Like it yeah. has to, it's crazy to me that I even do this. <laughs> like it's crazy, but um, yeah. So I agree with you on that. It's like, but if you want to shake it up and rock the boat, go ahead. Be my guest. Some people like the drama. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I know quite a few. Uh, yes. Wow. I don't know why I wrote this down, but I wrote, have you ever avoided eating a banana because someone was watching? <laughs> or you have you been really like, funny about that? want to see you eat this. If, if there's someone around me that I feel like would um, maybe enjoy watching me eat that banana too much, if you will, yeah. I will break off pieces and eat That's it. what I've, yes, I've done the same thing. That's so funny. <laughs> Because being on set, I there was countless times where there were people where I was like, this person's going to enjoy this a little too much. Yeah. So I am going to... Bite it. Break. Yeah, I'm going to break, break it off. pieces off. If anybody is um, pregnant or planning to get pregnant um, or just thinking about it in the future... Don't. I'm um, just kidding. A, a really... <laughs> no, a really good book that I read um, was called Witchy Mama. And I bought it right when I first um, got pregnant. And some of the stuff in there was very intuitive for me. It was things that I already thought of or already had in my daily life as practice. Um, but some of the stuff was were things that I was like, oh, that's actually really smart. Um, something as simple as when you give birth, uh, the first 48 hours is should really be about the mom... Um, the partner doesn't have to be a dad partner, a second mother, whatever. Um, and the baby and spending that first 48 hours without visitors, um, and really bonding with the baby, having a lot of skin to skin for both parents. If there's two parents, if there's not, there's only one great. And that that's your journey as well. And the same thing, spending that time, um, just getting to know your baby. Um, but then waiting to have visitors, uh, till you've had a good chance to really connect with your child. Um, and of course this is, you know, with a more traditional style of, of birthing the baby. If you're adopting, I still think it'd be really helpful the first few days just to spend the time with that, um, child without other visitors and stuff. And if people do come to visit, if you don't want them to hold the baby, that's your right too. um, you know, just <laughs> like, don't let me hold the baby. Well, a lot of people want to hold the baby right away. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times mothers or fathers, the baby. And if you don't, if it's not like comfortable for you yet, if you're still like, um, I just birthed this and I still want to hold it. Um, then have the confidence to say like, I'm not really comfortable letting anyone hold the baby yet right now with (laughs) real different scenario too, given the, uh, current pandemic. Nope. Yeah, I'm not touching that baby till it's like um, a year fucking old, <laughs> probably. So, 
we'll just FaceTime. I, mean, I don't even know when I'm going to get out of quarantine. <laughs> yeah, everyone's that it actually bought oh the time. God. I'm like, oh, sorry, <laughs> nobody can come over. It's kind of nice. I mean, you know, you don't um, have to be like, oh, you can come over, but what about so and so? We don't really, but we have to. Uh, there's none yeah. of that. No one can fucking come over. It's kind of it's kind of no, tight. Nobody can come over. No FaceTime. You get you get like a 20 minute FaceTime and you're out. The baby's gonna be really good at FaceTime. <laughs> I know. My baby's like, Mom, can I FaceTime my friend? I'm like, you're five months old. <sighs> you're like, you no electronics, but I guess you kind of have to let them like FaceTime. Yeah. At oh, some that's point. a whole other parenting thing. I yeah. Even, we won't go into yeah. right now. I have very strong, strong thoughts. <sighs> wow. But yeah. So my, my birth tub gets dropped off this coming Wednesday. And then after that, we're just on Peach Watch. Beach Watch 2020. <laughs> Beach Watch. It's gonna be, it's gonna be <laughs> over or not over, here before we know it, which is. I feel like very excited about it. I know. I don't, I've seen I you am childless. Than... We should mention I don't have any kids. So I mean, that's that's yours is exciting too. to me. That's. <laughs> I don't think every woman has to be a mother. I mean. I... I'm a mother of dogs. That's what you were born for. I'm a mother of dogs and now of plants, like major. They make me happy. I talk to them. I sometimes my little dog's name is Fox, and sometimes it's really fucking stupid and weird. But I'll be like cuddling him. I feel like he likes to lick my skin. I'll be like, oh, skin to skin contact. Like I'll give him skin to skin time, and it's super creepy and weird. But that's who I am. I mean, I don't think it is. I got I got a 76 cat menagerie in the backyard. I don't he's my weird. baby and baby. he's furry. We call and baby Ruby's kitty, baby my kitty baby for a reason. And she's furry. Baby kitty is my child. Not my all moms born. give birth. Give birth. Yeah. Wait, we say that one more time. Not give all moms give birth. give birth to humans. Yep. And some women are moms and will never have a kid. And that doesn't make you any less of a mom. I mean, some like moms... I said, I, have had been pregnant and do not have a baby. Mm-hmm. They are also moms. Yep. Some moms, I feel like I'm Michael Scott, like giving a talking head, but <laughs> he's like, some moms have stepchildren. Cucumbers. Like, I don't know. Have cucumbers. <laughs> oh my God. Remember that episode where, where, um, Jan's like going to give birth. So Dwight is like birthing the watermelon and he like, and, <sighs> And the, it's the intro to one of the episodes. It's Jan's baby shower. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. Yes. That's one of my so favorite good. episodes. That's so good. And then he drops it and it, it's so funny. And he like butters the watermelon because it's supposed to be like, he's like, babies are slippery. <laughs> they are. Newborns are slippery. It's they so are. good. But you're going to be in water, so it's fine. There, that makes it more slippery. My midwife was like, by the way, like be prepared, you know, it's hard to catch, catch the baby. And I was oh like, God. Oh my God. Is this like a torpedo? You but... should practice. Go practice in a tub. Lube up <laughs> some watermelon. A, <laughs> a large spaghetti squash <laughs> and get to it. Oh man. Oh man. Or so when funny. Pam was in labor. Yeah, when Pam was in labor and didn't want to go to the hospital. And she was, that made me so mad. I was like, Pam, you get your ass to the fucking hospital. It's funny because most people actually go to the hospital too soon. There's like, mul- I, these are still things I'm learning. Like there's multiple stages of labor and you don't even go or my midwife won't even yeah. come here until you're like 
about to have the she's baby. like i can't and be I'm bothered like, oh. for two centimeters bitch no they they're like mm, call me when it's closer but i mean i've been practicing like a lot of the breathing techniques and mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm not a crier i'm a pretty calm person like when it comes to pain i've had a lot of pain and like, bad experiences in my life and i feel really calm about the whole thing to Good. be honest i'm just i'm very I'm just excited ready. i'm ready too we have about I know, you're gonna be such a good auntie. A minute left. Oh a minute thirty. Done. So you wanna plug anything, Feather? Everyone follow um, Feather, but don't be creepy or I'll kill you. Um because she's not yes. selling anything. There's a few books that I highly recommend if you <laughs> even if you're not pregnant or ever have plan on having kids. Um something I really, 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 really support is knowing your cycle if you're a female or um you have female parts. Um, knowing your cycle, understanding it, know your cycle, not, I cannot express to you enough how important it is to know it and understand it and how it will actually change your life. So a couple good books, Lisa Lister, she's an author. She has three books, code red, love your lady landscape and witch. Um, and then witchy mama was another good one. Like I said, if you are planning to be pregnant or are pregnant or whatever, um, those books are really, really helpful and a lot of insight on, on your cycle. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited for you to give birth and thanks. Me too. It'll be great. If anyone has questions, they can always message me. DM her. If you'd like some information about birthing a child, will you take yeah. care? I will hopefully right. see you very soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You can find me at Lady Moon Co. or LadyMoon.co or the Lady Mooncast at Lady Mooncast. Bye-bye.